0: Good morning, Joe. How are you today?
1: Yeah, I'm okay, Richard. Yeah, different day today. It's a bit overcast, but I've been for a walk and that's helped my mood.
0: Yes. Oh, great mood. Uh, great idea. I have dropped my kids off at school, uh, so that's lifted my mood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is this the first day they've been back at school?
0: This is the first day back, yes. Ah. So they're going to sit in a room with 10 other students and do online rooming uh, learning in the room. Uh, and that will be their school experience. So <laughs> it was very strange getting ready this morning. There was a lot of where's my this and where's my that. So,
1: <laughs> And when you dropped them off, did you have any moment of celebration or were you more feeling concerned for their health? Or
0: uh, No concern for health. Um, mild celebration, but no, they've been good. So it's oh, a different okay. sort of day today.
1: Yes. Okay. And um, – what have you been observing during this uh, week of isolation?
0: Yeah, well, observing this week, uh, some strange habits in myself. Uh, I've taken on a hobby, um, which is very strange, which is an interest in growing native grasses from seed. Uh,
1: <laughs> That's so random.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. I just got to. I've learned to roll with my hobbies. When the when the vibe is there, I'll just go for it. So. Um, We've got we're in a bit of a, nat- a nature kind of s- space in Newcastle, and uh, I've been looking at weeds and thinking, well, why would I not have like native grasses? That would be nice, and not allergenic, and you know, yeah. good for the environment. And so, um, yeah, I I didn't it was too cheap to buy a whole heap of them from the nursery, and I thought, oh, surely I could just grow them from seed, and uh, at a at a high point or a low point, depending on what you think. Um, my boys were, were laughing at me as I was scrounging around near the oval, around some native grasses, collecting seeds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't even paid for the seeds. You've well, I did buy some from a company in, in
0: Western Australia. Um, so I'm trying to grow some as well. But uh, it's a strange hobby. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, I can uh,
1: imagine, though, it would look nice in that front area of your house where you've got quite, you know, like a bush scene vibe yeah, going. So it could be a be great be success. success.
0: It could be a great success, or they they could just decay in the ground. I don't have any experience with this.
1: <laughs> oh, that's, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes.
0: Yeah, one of those strange coronavirus hobbies.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, okay. What's going on in your world in isolation?
1: Well, I've been enjoying, you know, doing my walking outside so I don't go insane. Mm. I've been enjoying watching lots of different people exercise outside. Yeah, and just just um. Exercise, fashion, which I've enjoyed. You know, some people are going for the really casual. I'm just wandering around in my thongs, but obviously exercising. Yeah. On occasion, I occasionally do that. Yeah. Um, where it's more like a wander than a a brisk walk, and then you've got your your real, you know, active wear being used as like hardcore active wear with proper joggers. Yeah. High pace, headphones in. And then there's been the awkward one <laughs> where you're walking around someone and um, they're talking on the phone. You don't realise that you think they're saying hello. You say hello, and then they give you a strange look and say kind of like a passing hello. But by that point, they're already behind you. Oh, so, awkward, yeah. <laughs> that happened, um, definitely happened. And then I've also felt that strangeness of when you're walking at the moment, you give each other like a three-metre wide like,
0: yeah there's so that, much but, space you go,
1: yeah oh, it's so much space and it feels like you know you look at someone in the eyes and you go to say hello but they don't say hello because it's a little bit awkward and you don't want to give each other coronavirus by looking at each other so
0: you haven't quite figured out what the etiquette is in your neighborhood for uh greeting oh, well it, I just I have
1: I've just been breaking the etiquette if it is I'm just been trying to say hello to people maybe because I believe we're in Newcastle and Newcastle people say hello when you walk down the
0: street. <laughs> yes, that's right.
1: <laughs> what about you guys still walking? I
0: um, haven't done much walking lately, but yeah, okay. the occasional run and so on. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I try and either give a, a wave or a nod or a. Ah, uh, yes. Um, some sort of gesture. but uh,
1: Acknowledgement of the fellow human, kind yeah. of. Yeah,
0: and a bit of that camaraderie during coronavirus. I, yeah. I feel like that's a good thing to encourage.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Huh. Well, yeah. it's, I mean, I'm glad we're in the same same boat here. That <laughs> you know, you're walking around, but you're looking at each other. That's that's kind of yeah,
0: something like that nice. is going on. <laughs> now, how's Bible reading going? What, what's what are you up to in the Bible?
1: Well, um, currently I'm getting into Hosea,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which has been I've I've really enjoyed it. I have a fond memory of reading Hosea. With my MTS trainer, Kelly. Shout out to Kel. Who's oh, wow. There.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you never um, forget the books you read with your MTS trainer. That's, that's
1: right. Yes. Yes. And it was, I, I can't remember why we read it, but I just remember reading it with mm. her. And she talked to me about the significance of the unfaithful wife and the marriage theme that runs through the whole book. Mm. And I've been at the moment focusing on chapter one and two, and specifically chapter one, where we've got this. This real life guy who's instructed by God to go and marry an unfaithful—I think that the word is promiscuous and adulterous—wife. Yeah. Um, and and it's meant to be this image for um, the land being guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. Um, mm. Verse two, mm. and that has given me no end of reflection time because mm. it's made me realize how. I just think through the history of unfaithfulness in the Old Testament but also in my own heart and the hearts of the people around me and how unfaithfulness is what we want to do without mm. the new self, like without the Spirit having changed us and Jesus having come and united himself to, to us. Like, it, yeah. Anyway, it's yeah. been a good good book to get into.
0: What do you think it would have been like for Hosea to be given that command?
1: I have thought about that a bit. I've had to, um, there's this book called, I think, Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. Mm -hmm. She's a Christian fiction author who tries to bring Bible stories alive. And I read it years ago. It's more pitched as like a romance. She's more like a romance author. So I kind of take everything she writes with a grain of salt and I haven't read it in a while. But her book, Redeeming Love, kind of painted this picture of a, a man who married someone who... At God's command who was promiscuous and how he went and found her, and that's the narrative in Hosea chapter 3, like mm. he goes and finds her again after she's been adulterous. Um, and I can't help but picture the experience of the choice to love someone is always the choice to love someone imperfect, mm. but how much more if you're not sure that their commitment to you is what your commitment is to them. Yeah. And that was sort of me thinking about Hosea's human experience, but then thinking about how God knows we are going to be unfaithful and he still makes that commitment and the contrast between man and God. Mm. That's sort of what I was thinking about Hosea. Um,
0: yeah. What do you think? Oh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And um, mm. no, that's um, uh, like it would be full on for Hosea. Like um, mm. I think the shame and embarrassment of it, would be pretty strong yeah. Um, yeah, and just, and the hardness. I have not thought about yeah. that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely like um, even more so like in the Middle Eastern culture of, of that, um, being known as someone whose wife is unfaithful to you, that's, that's very embarrassing in the family gatherings. Uh, so yeah, full on for Hosea and, and that, that illustration does help us understand more the, the dynamic of God and his people.
1: Mm.
0: It but made uh, me yeah. think
1: about the, the the ongoing narrative of how they there are children welcomed into the marriage, and mm. each of the children are named with a significant name. And I, I have questions that I would like to answer about um, the the child being called not loved, and the child child being called not my people. Etc., mm. um, what that looks like for the New Testament reader. So that's still a question for me. And it's quoted in, um, do you know where it's quoted? I know it's quoted in the New Testament, yeah, but I can't Romans, remember. Romans, I think. Romans 9, maybe?
0: Yeah. Is that right? Around there. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Mm. It's um, it's that, uh, yeah, coming into a relationship with God again. Yeah. Change of name. So
1: mm, that's something I want to think more about.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm uh, forward to hearing more there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Am I ready about at the you?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm having fun reading a book uh, on history uh, called The Fountain of Public Prosperity: Evangelical Christians in Australian history 1740 to 1914 by Stuart Piggin and Robert Linder. And uh, this was the 2019 winner of the Australian Christian Book of the Year, and I've always been Felt a bit embarrassed about how little Christian history I know in Australia. And this looked like the perfect opportunity to get into it. Uh. And uh, there's great stuff. I'm about a third of the way through. um, But a highlight I'll share so far is just getting to know Richard Johnson better. Have you heard of Richard Johnson?
1: The name is familiar, but I also had a kid on my school bus who had that name. So I'm not sure if it's because of Christian history or because of the kid on the school bus.
0: <laughs> yeah. There is an independent Christian school in Sydney called Rich and Johnson College, but uh, you would have heard of him uh, because he was the first chaplain uh, to the Australian col- colony uh, on the yes. First Fleet. And he had 13 years here in Australia um, as chaplain. And amazing guy. Good, You'd love him. Right? He was a Yorkshireman. A farmer, very capable farmer, one of Australia's best farmers in those early years. Wow! Uh, apparently, grew one thousand cucumbers
1: in That's the first a lot of cucumbers.
0: year. Yeah. <laughs> so, a skilled farmer, but um, actually a fantastic um, uh, chaplain and an evangelical, very much kind of like us. Uh, yeah. He was uh, would have been taught by Charles Simeon in Cambridge, a famous evangelical uh, teacher there and, uh, was known to, well known to w- William Wilberforce, um, who, uh, obviously is famous for, um, the abolition of slavery uh, known also to John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace. Yeah. So he comes right out of those circles. And, uh, there was a lot of hard work by evangelicals in London and, and elsewhere trying to get an evangelical onto the first fleet and here as mm. chaplain. Wow. Uh, yeah, and uh, he had a really hard time of it. Like he worked hard here in the colony trying to p- preach the gospel, evangelize the convicts, reach out to uh, Aboriginal people in the area. Um, and just uh, the last bit I was reading spoke about the hard time he had under the um, Rum Rebellion sort of guy, Francis Gross, and uh, he was told by this this, this um, military commander, he just made life really hard for, for Johnson. Uh, he was only allowed one service on a Sunday. And oh. that was to be at 6am in the morning. And oh. that could only be three quarters of an hour.
1: Uh, wow, what restriction.
0: I know. So yeah, uh, Gross was really trying to shut him down. And uh, Johnson was stubborn, like he was trying to uh, do ministry. was trying to get a building, ask for a building, which was a pretty reasonable thing in, to ask in that culture. Um, but uh, it says here to Johnson's petition for a church building, Gross replied that a sentry box was at his service.
1: <laughs> which is a sentry as in a S-E-N-T-R-Y, like an observing. Yes.
0: post. Yes, a little oh. post. Um, oh. So in the end, Johnson built his own church and, uh, In Castle Ray Street, it would be now, and um, yeah, which was burnt down five years later (laughs) in some sort of political rebellion. Uh, So yeah, it's been great learning about Richard Jotson. He's, uh, I think, he's a hero. He's had a yeah, great to have an evangelical pioneer there in our early years.
1: Yes, yes, and that there—that's the first glimmer of the gospel coming to Australia, which then flourishes. Ah, okay. Mm,
0: right. Yeah, yeah. First in in, uh, in a long line of uh, evangelical uh, teachers. So, um,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, the so fountain of public prosperity has been great.
1: Fountain of public prosperity, and what years was it again?
0: Uh, Seventeen forty. So it goes like the lead up to the first fleet, and and how everyone got it organized, uh, and then up to 1914, First world war.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, that sounds like a great book, Richard.
0: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, I'm enjoying it
1: oh wonderful
0: well it's been great talking this morning joe
1: yes Enjoy for your exercises. thank you you too i hope your native grasses show you know some glimmers of not being dead i don't know <laughs> how you know but <laughs> it
0: certainly teaches you patience i've been watering a box of dirt and misting a box of dirt for the last three weeks so <laughs> something better grow
1: <laughs> all the best with that <laughs> all righty well good to chat to you richard talk to you next week sounds good see ya
0: bye